Welcome to the Conversations with Anna podcast. My name is Dr. Anna Stump, the Golden Ticket Professor, a self-proclaimed edutainer. I'm a former business executive turned high school teacher turned college professor. And in the past three decades of that transition, I have spent time with several generations. And with that as my foundation, I have some stories to tell. In each episode, you'll hear stories or interviews that will help you focus on your own truth. I want you to feel accepted, motivated, supported, and then I want you to be able to take what you know about yourself and your truth, go out into this big old world we live in and apply that so you can move forward with a strategy for a more authentic life. Thank you for spending some time with me today. Now let's jump in to a conversation with Anna. It's early in the day, so much I want to do. I dedicate today to breaking rules. I'm gonna stick to a strategy. I'm gonna find out exactly what I'm made of. Is there really something wrong with just smiling the whole day long? Hi, and welcome to this conversation with Anna and Ryan. I wanted to give a little foundation about how today's episode came about, because I think throughout the story about how it originated, it's not just happenstance, that there's a lesson in here. So, um, you know, I'm an educator. I have to give you the lesson. So let me just start at the beginning. Um, Once upon a time, 10 years ago, like literally 10 years ago this week, it was in my Facebook memories, I was finishing up a two-year experience with my MBA And in my MBA cohort was the father of today's guest. And 10 years ago, Ryan, who we talked to today, was living in New Zealand and having spent two years, two nights a week, literally for two straight years and projects and a lot of time together, I came to know Ryan and his two brothers through a father's heart and saw him through a father's eyes. And I have a lot of admiration and respect for the entire family. Have never met Ryan in person, but I kind of feel like I watched him grow because when he came back from his experience abroad and started working in sports and the social and digital field, that's what I was teaching at the time. So I was always very intrigued by what he was working on and where he was working. And I followed him you know, just on regular social platforms and was always just very impressed with what this young man was doing. So this week, last week, I guess, I noticed that he posted on LinkedIn that he had written a book. And as somebody who's going through that right now, I stop what I am doing and celebrate those people because that is a labor of love. And anyone who does that (laughs) needs to be celebrated. So I immediately stopped scrolling and I posted how excited I was for that and that I was going to go read the book because he was writing about digital strategy. It's what I teach. It's what I try and do. And I don't think you could ever have enough information on board about how to traverse, you know, digital and social media strategy in today's world. So I went to Amazon and was thrilled to see that it was a Kindle Unlimited because that feels like it's free. It's not necessarily, but that's a whole different story. Um, downloaded it. But before I even had a chance to read it, I received a message on LinkedIn from Ryan who said, hey, thank you for the kind comment. And I hope you do read the book. I'd love to hear what you think about it. But I was wondering what you would think about having me on your podcast. And this is what I try to get people to do all the time is reach out, network, make your ask, shoot your shot, right? So I said, Do you know what my podcast is about? Because I didn't want to break his heart if he thought I was on here talking about like my career in terms of marketing and strategy and things. And he said, no, no, I've listened. And I still think, you know, there's a lot about my journey with this book and things that I've learned. He's like, I would love to be on if you would consider having me. Absolutely. A hundred times. Yes. So we scheduled this podcast conversation before I'd even started his book. I started the book Friday night. And I'm not even kidding. I never one time put it down. I was up until two o'clock in the morning. (laughs) I usually don't do that with nonfiction. But this book is amazing. It's concise. It's well written. It just is so widely applicable. And at first I was reading very slow and thinking, I need to take notes. And I thought, do I get out of bed and start to take notes? And I was like, no, it's 113, you know, whatever ebook pages. 
just get through the book and then you can, because I knew it was a book I would read again and again. So I read the book, finished it at 2 a.m. and literally just sat there and thought of all of the uses. How can you not think of a ways professors and students and people knew what their job. I just was like reeling the number of uses. And then it hit me. If this thing is so widely applicable, this digital strategy, this framework that he has built, seven steps, you know, to get to a good strategy for your digital content, could we apply that to life? So I'm going to tell you, I ambushed this poor man today. Like, I didn't tell him this is what I was thinking. We just got on our Zoom call. We were like, exchange pleasantries. And then I said, this is the direction I want to go. And I'm thrilled with how he carried this torch and how wonderful and open and transparent he is. So regardless of your experience, your journey, your input, your interaction with digital, social media, you know, marketing strategy, any of that, you will get something out of today, I promise, if you will listen to this conversation. So a lot of backstory, but now here is my conversation with Ryan. Sorry. Enjoy. Because at the time you were getting into the sports, I was teaching sports marketing. So I was like, oh, that's Dave's son. I'll follow, you know, like, and I knew you knew your stuff, but I think that sometimes people can do their job and then sometimes people can like teach or explain. It's terrible because as a teacher, I always like get super pissy about the, those who can't teach kind of thing, but (laughs) a rare breed of people who can break down something that they have had a high level of success at. And Mm. I was expecting this to be just like a regular book about like digital marketing or like digital (laughs) strategy. I was just shook through the whole thing because I'm just cheesy enough that this whole like <laughs> A through F thing sang like to my heart. The um, case studies and the examples that you used and how you break things down. And just, I think the part I love is I even did my dissertation about this, like in higher ed, how misunderstood social is in an organization. I mean, you yeah. can about marketing and everything. Sure. Yeah. I mean, and then this last year or so, right? We have watched these social media managers and people in this area just like take a beating and and the mismanagement of this asset to any business almost. It's just bad. Yeah. Yeah. And as I read this, I was like, this is a handbook for people. I mean, you even start really early with like, here's how you explain your goals or how you explain outcomes to the business. And I just like, you got to a granular level where it was really important and really did like amazing stuff in this book. So I got it on Kindle Unlimited and the minute I finished it, I stayed up till two o'clock in the morning. And I don't usually do that with nonfiction. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'll read a little bit of this and then I'm going to bed. Um, I finished the whole thing and was like, okay, I had to read that just because honestly, I was like, where are we going next? Like, what's, like, what's after D? Like, I don't know what we're going to do. Um, and I just immediately got on Amazon and ordered a hard copy because I was like, you have to keep a copy of this. Yeah. At any given point, because with whatever I feel like your roadblock is as you're this like designing content, setting goals, trying to have a new idea, present a new idea, whatever that is. I was like, you have to have this like guidebook. You have to just have it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I cannot tell you how impressed I am with this book. Like, That's, bravo. Well, yeah. Thank you and so I think much I said it in the Amazon that. thing, like the, I got giddy when you called it your first book. Cause I was like, God, there's going to be more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's one of those things that you and musicians say, you have your whole life to write your first album and then a year to write your second. <laughs> it's like, uh, <laughs> the second one. <laughs> Anyways, um, I, that's very kind of you to say all of that. It's, it's a great feeling to have someone read it and understand what I'm trying to get across and the underlying intent behind it, you know, having application to so many different areas of not just digital, but every, everything else, hopefully. Which is what I want to talk about today. Cause I had this like (laughs) epiphany book. Everyone needs this book. You have to have (laughs) this book 
because it will teach. It's like a strategic handbook. You literally could write the next book and just change the word digital to something else. Just so applicable all across all of these different things. So I, how intentional was that? Like, walk me through this. Like, what did you set out as a goal? Like, what was your plan here? (laughs) I think... Yeah, lots of things came into my mind as this started to take shape. Um, I think where how I got started was I found myself giving a very similar presentation um, and explanation and copy for website, etc. to people that I worked with, to clients, um, to different individuals that you know were interested that I just wanted to coach on digital for whatever reason. And as I realized I was, you know, giving that similar presentation, it was like, there's a good outline here for what could be a book. Um, And then, you know, along with that, just interacting with a handful of people online who were also writing books in their area of, of specialty was definitely some inspiration. I think for myself, um, you know, a lot of Twitter, Instagram type of, um, influences are very hot take kind of driven things. So it's like X happened today. Here's what I think about that. Um, here's my reaction to why. And that just was never my kind of cup of tea of like where I was going to go with bringing value to, to the internet, to audiences, et cetera. Um, so let me so, ask, is that a yeah. product of being in agencies? Like, where did you develop that? Do you think like a more strategic approach or is that just your vibe? It definitely came through agency life, I would say. So one of my very first jobs, um, our creative director and president, Bruce Bryant, he was huge on strategy. Um, he's the one who really taught me to think strategically to not just always come with ideas and reactions and what's hot and trendy, um, but to work on really defining what he would say was the box um, and then play, create, find freedom within the box that you've defined. So yeah, that was in 2008 when I started to learn that from Bruce. And it's been since then that I've kind of been building on that, refining what it looks like for myself um, and for my chosen field of marketing. So as far as um, wanting to design something that was, you know, transferable knowledge that, you know, younger people, people coming up would be able to utilize, that was, that was very intentional. Um, I know throughout my career in marketing, it's tough to find your way. Um, There's so much information on the internet, so many white papers, you know, so many things that come out every year that can be overwhelming to be able to step back and even think about what do I do with this new information that's been put out there about the demographics of TikTok, whatever it might be, um, is where people really need to begin. And that's a really realization that I've, you know, grown in throughout the years in marketing. Um, and I guess the last thing I'll add to that question, um, as I was thinking about, you know, how, why did I do this? <laughs> what was motivation? Um, one of my favorite parts of my roles over the years has been leading, coaching, mentoring other people on my team. And through career change and COVID and all these things over the last couple of years, it's really been missing from my career path or my, you know, previous roles is that ability to, to work with younger and, um, other staff that are coming up in this space. And so I think this was somewhat an expression of me trying to get, you know, my knowledge and any wisdom I have and experience out to people, um, that I'm not directly connected to right now, uh, hopefully maybe in the future, but a way of trying to mentor, you know, people that are, coming up in this space. Well, and I have to tell you, that's who I spend my time with the last 15 years are students. And I, and this is probably a little bit, I'm sure you experienced this because of when you started, 
but it was of the digital space, the social media space was always this younger generation came in. They were like, oh, you've got the Twitter. (laughs) We'll put you in charge of social media. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And there was never, I mean, these people were not road tested. These people had not. And I always call, and I felt like this a little bit, maybe not so much about marketing when I taught marketing at the college level, because it is like a you know required course. So I'd have to like remember every single day when I walked in there, the, you know, 90% of the students in this room are never going to work in marketing and they're taking this class because it's required for the business curriculum, but the social <laughs> media marketing class and any sports marketing was always yeah. what I called the big sexy. They just yeah. flocked to it because they were yeah. like, no, I've got this. I love sports. Like I'm going to be, and I, <laughs> You know, this is not what this is about. And trying to get them to like understand that when they'd never had the job experience or never been like tested in this space. So I think this is why I thought this is an incredible textbook because again, I lost all credibility when I walked out of the business world and into a classroom. (laughs) I'm like, they were just like, you're a teacher. Like, you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. And I think, you know, a lot of professors struggle with that, especially in communications, marketing and social, digital, everything that's constantly changing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say that because I'm married to a social studies teacher and I look at what he's teaching. I'm like, maps don't change that often. <laughs> like, what we're talking about is like an ocean yeah. wave coming at you all the time. So I yeah. just, I think from a content, this is so evergreen. It is so useful. It is so widely applicable. And you speak to people at all these different levels because that's one of the yeah. things I put in my Amazon reviews. <laughs> like if you're really well established <laughs> in this area, this is an amazing refresher and new look. Yeah. If you yeah. are new, this will be absolutely positively a guidebook. Like, it, yeah. and I don't know if that's how you think, or, you know, to your point, you like, you're smart enough to notice you're keep saying the same thing to people, but I just, yeah. and so honestly, like I'm writing a book and I read this and was like, I have no business writing a book. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. I have purposely not read books this last, like almost a, I don't know, it's only been maybe like four, six months, maybe like Brene Brown's got a new book out. I'm like, I'm not reading that book because I'm not, like, hey, I'm not going to compare myself. I'm not going to like accidentally weave her stuff into mine. Like I'm not doing it. And yeah. I read this book and I was like, okay, A, I will never be this concise. <laughs> How you packed all of this stuff into that few pages. Yeah. yeah, I'm with you. I'm begging for the next book. It really, truly is. So here's what I that. love. You have taken this book and I, I'm, I'm like the cheesiest person on the planet. It's terrible. <laughs> but the fact that it's like digital, build your digital strategy, every step from A to F. Which I was like, oh, that's like the grading scale. I love it. it right. But then you get into it and you just put out there like, look, I'm going to stay true to this. I'm giving you these seven steps. That's all you, you know, you just, you make it simple from the get go, which I absolutely love. But here's what I'm going to challenge you with today. Cause I do think, again, it's widely applicable. And what I talk about on my pack podcast is trying to get people to like recognize themselves like yeah. acceptance, like a lot of just really good work on yeah, how you want to build your life, how, and even things like personal brand, your career, your relationships, all of those things. So I'm going to make you like step over to your softer side. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I want to do, I want to apply your A through F. Okay. To like, and you can use your own life. Cause I'm like, you're the expert on, you know, like Ryan's journey, obviously, or whatever. <laughs> And to the listeners, like, I did not discuss this with Ryan at all. This came to me like Saturday morning when I was running around telling everybody how widely applicable this book is. And I thought, okay, well, if I'm having him on my podcast, like, we'll just apply this, this framework. Because I do think, do you agree to a certain extent that at some age, not at every age, not in every season, but you have to have a, a strategic plan for your life. It's yeah. our framework, maybe not a full-on plan. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, my wife and I try and every year, not a deep dive, but at least a, a high level, you know, what do we hope to accomplish this year? Um, 
we have some different categories that we try to fill out like finances and fun and family. Um, they all start with F, but, um, yeah, I definitely believe in, in being intentional, um, and thoughtful about those different areas of life, um, that you want to advance and grow in. I think, you know, that once a year kind of new year meeting is great, but I think as people, you know, what we talked about January 1st could be totally different come March 1st. Yeah. Pandemic <laughs> uh, much. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. The change timelines have only accelerated in life. Um, you know, I've got plenty of stories myself over the last couple of years about that, but, um, yeah, I, you know, one thing just from what I have heard on your show that I hundred percent resonate with is the best knowledge is self-knowledge. Um, the more you can know yourself, understand yourself, what you're good at, what you're not good at, um, the better it's going to serve every area of your life, um, including your career. Oh, yeah. for sure. And, and what we're learning, I think, through this great resignation is that people were not necessarily clear or well-defined or in their mm. right role. And the the cycle that that has, you know, when yeah. you get into a role that's maybe not a good fit, you start to lose some of yourself. So I yeah. I have a completely different view than most people on this great resignation. I'm back there like cheering all these people on. <laughs> Yeah. Although you might need to write a strategy book for HR people next. Cause Lord knows they're all exhausted. <laughs> this is just a lot, but yeah, I think like, and again, this goes back to like the importance of what you're trying to discover in your, or help people discover in your book is you need a structure and a framework and a plan. You need a strategy, yeah. but you cannot plan out everything. But if yeah. you are looking through the right lens and you have the right framework, yeah, then that's really all you need. Like, because if you have sat down with your significant other and you've talked about family fun and finances and then a global pandemic hits or there's some job opportunity, then you think, does this align to what we talked about with family fun and finance? And if it's an outlier of what the two of you determined was important, then it's not a good fit for your family. Right. right. I mean, like it's again, that's why I think this book is applicable yeah. to what we're talking about. I think it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, but let's think about yeah. your framework. Step one is alignment. So thinking about your strategic plan for your life, your career as a, I don't know if you want to think about early career, but just in your life, how do you think alignment has played out or how important that is? Like when you think about that first step in your, um, your A through F strategy. Yeah. Um, I think as I was saying, that's, it's, you know, it's, it's step one because it's the most foundational to all the other decision-making um, from there. So if you can't get clear on what you're trying to accomplish and how that applies to these different parts of life in marketing, um, then it's very difficult or nearly impossible to really make an impact um, with anything else that you're trying to do in life. So, you know, I think there have been a few, I guess, big dreams, big ideas that my wife and I have shared over our years of marriage. Now, um, one of them we chatted about when we first got on just being overseas for a short amount of time. So we did that for a couple of years. That was a big goal. Um, we spent the first early years of marriage working towards that goal did it, came back, <laughs> um, goals of, um, you know, things like starting a family, purchasing a house, um, being in careers that we find meaningful, you know, things like that is, you know, what we've always had to come back to and what we're always checking in with e each other about. Um, I think something in the pandemic that's been interesting that you touched on too, is it removed away all of these excess schedules, um, activities, et cetera, et cetera, that a lot of people are a part of and had a, people had a light bulb of, oh, life might actually be better <laughs> without all of these things. They weren't actually part of the life that I imagined or want for myself and my family. 
And then this year has probably been an exercise in like allowing some of those things to creep back in mm-hmm. um, and trying to figure out again, is this really the schedule and rhythm in life that I want for my family? You know, we were at a, so my oldest son is seven. He's in first grade. And so we're just now getting into this life phase of he's in basketball and Cub Scouts right now. And he does Lego club on Mondays. <laughs> and, you know, all these things are things that we want for him. But on top of that, how does it actually align with like the other things we want as a family of, of being together and having dinners and um, being able to invest in him in other ways um, that are outside of sports and, and Legos. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I think it, it just constantly comes back to that. I think there's probably two or three goals in life that we hold that are just always going to be there never going to change really. Um, and then there's probably a couple more that are going to change. Fluid. Yeah. 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 Which I think is also good strategy. Yeah. If you have a really strong alignment, if you have strong structure or strong understanding of what is important yeah and things become urgent or things change or Mm. you know yeah things get tossed around that you can't control you still have something to come back to so it's sometimes as frustrating or as difficult or as such an uncomfortable you know process to create this in your life as an individual as a spouse as you know whatever that might be an employee I think it's so crucial because then you're ready. Yeah. You know, you're ready for change. You're ready for challenges. You're ready for global pandemics or whatever that (laughs) nobody had that on their bingo card. (laughs) Yeah. But so I want to go really um, back. We are off topic again. I'm really good at that, by the way. It's why my book would never be like yours. (laughs) (laughs) Unless I have some rock star editor who just kills half of it. But um, I don't have to be like yours because it's not your book. Right. Um, That's right. But you met your wife at college? Yes. Okay. What did you major in? Um, so I went to Purdue. And at the time, really the one of the only, if not the only, business major was was management. Right. So well, it's like that, one of the top management schools in the country. Yeah. <laughs> like, sure. They're just definitely got that. <laughs> yeah. So my my uh bachelor's was in management and I had a minor in marketing. And then what did your wife major in? Mechanical engineering. Man, yeah, that was there. You go, yeah, that's, that's fantastic. So, yeah. you met in college, and then I will admit to because I am a digital, you know, immigrant, I I do all the basic stuff, and I did stalk you through your dad's <laughs> Facebook because I'm friends with him. You proposed to your wife on a <laughs> roller coaster. This is, yeah, <laughs> this King is true. Island. This is you true. had the wherewithal. Um, <laughs> now, I had a kid in, that I had in class as an undergrad who actually pulled the ring out and put the and asked her and put the ring on her finger on a roller coaster. Like I, that would, could have gone a million shades of wrong. Right. But he, got, he was on the Today Show for it. So that's it, impressive. Mind, yeah. Super viral. I have no idea where he is right now. But, um, <laughs> but you had this sign. You figured out like right when to have it. She had no idea what you were doing, got off the ride, you know. Yeah. And then yeah. this couple eventually just moves to, was it New Zealand? Is that where Yes. It okay. Like, yeah. walk me through how that whole thing from the roller coaster <laughs> to like packing up and moving away. Wow. That's a, yeah. <laughs> um, I told you this was not going to be your typical. No, that's okay. Podcast yeah. interview. So the, yeah, the roller coaster and my wife grew up. Um, next to King's Island. So we had been there a few times together dating. I knew where the cameras were. Um, so some reason that became my plan. We had a date to go there and um, it was just time to propose. So I packaged that all up into to one of it. Fabulous. <laughs> um, so yeah. We, Is that, that picture up in your house somewhere? Yes. It's in a Okay, frame. good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Pre-Instagram, you know, pre- right snapchat anything like that um so i actually bought the photo physical copy 
from King's Island. Which is almost <laughs> like a down payment on a wedding to buy those photos. Yeah, right. Yes. <laughs> I don't think they sold digital copies back then. 2007, 2006. Um, so yes, we got married 2008. Um, I had been in a, a marketing job here in India already because I graduated in May 2007. And I worked at a what was a direct mail marketing company. Um, so yeah, we were married in 2008, lived in downtown India at the time. Um, the interesting story that's also in the book at this time was um, on my one year anniversary at this company, there was a typical email in the morning that says, congrats, Ryan, on one year at the company. And an hour later, I think, called into the, the boss's office to be told I you know, was being let go. And a third of the company was was let go that day, fall of 2008, um, as a lot of people experienced at that time. Um, but as I say in the book as well, it was just it was great timing and, and the right thing. Um, three months later, I got my first what I would say true agency job um, and started to really learn what advertising was, what strategy was, um, and had a lot of great opportunities over a couple of years there. Um, my wife was working in an engineering job all throughout this time as well in Indy. Um, there was a time where her job was supposed to move us to Colorado, actually. And again, um, global recession issues, um, thankfully, kept us in Indianapolis. <laughs> so um, maybe the only person to be thankful that they weren't moved to Colorado and and stayed in Indianapolis <laughs> instead. Um, so as a student in college, I got to spend a chunk of a summer in New Zealand um, through some connections, through university group. And so got some experience in the country. Everyone knows it's a, a beautiful place, um, but the people there are fantastic as well. And just was a great fit for my personality, honestly, mm -hmm. of the types of people that, that New Zealanders or Kiwis are. And so with my wife and I both having a goal of, you know, wanting to live and work overseas um, at some point in our lives, we essentially cracked down, uh, paid off all of our student debt in those first um, about three years of marriage. You know, she had an engineer's <laughs> salary. Um, I was making okay money. So we paid off all of that and started to make plans. And so I reconnected with some people that I had met that summer as a student. And um, yeah, we got our two-year visas, um, did more blood work than I've ever done in my life to get approval for that. <laughs> um, yeah, and it was just a, a fantastic journey experience. So it was two years of... Um, leading a group of, of people to kind of mentor college students um, through a connection with a, a local church in New Zealand. Um, so yeah, it was two years really of hardcore leadership training for myself. Um, I had a team of upwards of nine that had people older than me, people that were Kiwis, people that were from Samoa. Um, so it was quite the leadership um, jump in the deep end for myself, I would say. So I came back with a lot of that, um, just amazing leadership and uh, personal growth experience over those couple of years. Well, not only that, but think about the alignment. Like, I mean, I'm sticking yeah. with like the strategy yeah. here, right? Mm -hmm. But think about what that does with your relationship with your wife. Yeah. To experience that together, move away together. I mean, that's kind right. of, you know, I mean, I didn't meet my husband until I was 29. And there are days I look at him and think, it's good that I waited as long as I did because I was not ready for this. Um, but then yeah. there are days I look at him and think, man, if I'd have met you at 19, do you know like how fun the, the 20s would have been for us? Because they, you know, they yeah. really weren't. And and we feel like life began when we met. But I look at that because um, I moved around a lot by myself, right? And you had that experience with your soulmate. Yeah. Yeah. And just that, I think that growth, all of that has to strengthen yeah. and help. And the yeah. other thing I'm loving about this, like, I didn't realize your wife is an engineer, but you have to be pretty heavy, right brain creative 
Yeah. And she has to be pretty left brain, like process. Yes. My husband and I are that way too. And there are days where I'm like, look, I don't need you to (laughs) analyze this. I just need you to have a conversation. And then there are days where he's like, look, I don't need you to try and draw this. I I just need (laughs) you to like stay in the conversation with me. But I would think that all of this experience together, like even sometimes losing the job and how you, yeah how you process that individually, but then when you go home that night and yeah, just the whole international, so all of that, I think that definitely matures you like the way you're describing yeah. what you were doing while you were there, but just the like packing up and going yeah. has, had to have been something that I think the two of you yeah. probably found so much alignment for the rest yeah. of your life. Your, your role as parents and yeah. just where you prioritize. Yeah. I mean, think about, we achieved two pretty huge goals in life very early on with paying off debt. Um, in a horrible economic time. Yes. That was not a good economy. (laughs) Right. Um, And heading overseas for a couple of years. So, I mean, there've been things in the past year of life where they have been big decision-making times and can we actually do this and being able to look back and say, well, we did that um, eight, 10 years ago, I think we can do this now, um, is really huge for us. Oh, but the joined experience, not like, Hey, look what I did. Get on board with that. (laughs) I just, I think that's so fantastic. Yeah. yeah. I, I had forgotten that again until I stalked you a little bit on the social. And then I remembered like when your parents visited not long after our MBA graduation and yeah, I think, you know, watching your dad talk about your experience and your trip and then sometimes rolling his eyes like, what? I don't know why they wanted to do this, but they're thriving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But and then we just, came, we came back. So, yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. I think that might've been also one of his like reasons to visit, to make sure that you weren't announcing like a full on just <laughs> departure, but yeah. Um, okay. So back to, let's go. We, I think we nailed the alignment fairly well. Brand identity and targeting. How do you think about that in terms of personal journey or personal strategy? Yeah, we touched, we touched on it some, but I think for a person, you know, brand is that self-knowledge. I think we joked about this some, but for myself, you know, 2007, 2008, when I was just getting into this marketing thing um, and things like Twitter were becoming popular and common. You know, I have very specific memories of like being on Twitter, trying to network with other Indianapolis marketing folks and trying to like make a brand for myself to those people. Um, If I'm being honest, trying to be locally famous (laughs) in one way or another. Yeah. Thanks, Um, Kyle Lacey. You set up a a thing there. None of us can achieve. (laughs) Yeah. Good point. (laughs) Um, (laughs) a lot of other names like that, that I can pull from, from that era. Um, but yeah, just, that was, that was the goal with, with Twitter really at the time, that was the first kind of LinkedIn was there in the background, but it wasn't what it is today. Um, Twitter was really that platform where it was like, if you want to break out of what you're in, really be known, this is the place to do it. Um, so I definitely had those, those thoughts those ambitions and I would write a blog or try to write a hot take tweet or something like this. And honestly, just wasn't, I wasn't really representing myself. Um, I was representing like an avatar that I thought would be cool. Oh, for sure. Would be interesting marketer, Ryan person. (laughs) Um, And so, yes, yeah. <laughs> I think that just knowing that part of my history has really helped inform the last, I don't know, five, six years of personal brand growth and understanding and really going deep into, you know, self-knowledge. Um, There's so many tools, so many tests, so many doors open to things like counseling and therapy nowadays that um, the opportunities for self-knowledge are just immense. Um, someone needs to write a strategy book about 
<laughs> how to know yourself. Hey, um, probably. Maybe you, after my first book, maybe you and I could co-author one because yeah. I am sitting here wanting to like stand up and clap, which would be very annoying on a podcast <laughs> so much about what you're saying, because yeah, I am so in tune with this because I watch brands make this mistake all day, every day. Push message, yeah. push message. This is who we are. If we told you who we are, this is who we are. This is who we are. This yeah. is who we are. People, the same thing, same thing. And cannot yeah. tell you or have the wherewithal to just step out and have experiences. I think, I don't know how this develops. And I'm laughing in my head because I'm like, is this a chicken and egg thing? Like, have we as young people watched this like mismanagement of brands for so long that we don't see a connection that we're like doing the same thing like here's my highlight reel here's my good yeah. news you know like yeah. check out yeah. my about me page i had someone else write it <laughs> like, it's just, yeah. i watch this and i'm like no you really truly need to and again brands are fluid things change you know i i laugh yeah. just as much as anybody else when domino's drops pizza off their corporate title or Starbucks drops coffee, <laughs> but that is a brand that's responding to, to, tr- you know, to strategic good, you know, str- yeah. strategy for the most part. But I think you're right. Like you really have to start with, which is another kudos to you in the book, by the way, this thing about the research where you were to like, here are some of these places like Pew Research yeah. and all these places. Like, for the love, please don't look at your own analytics to figure oh, out yes. what you should do next. Because yeah, that, yeah. I was like, I had a yeah. hallelujah moment reading that because <laughs> I cannot tell you how many people get that wrong. Managing yeah. brands, but also managing themselves. You know, yeah. like I'll have people and I, this is the opening to my book. I had a young, a young man when I was teaching high school tell me he was going to major in accounting. And I was like, Why? Well, I'm good at math. And my dad said that would be a good way to make money. I'm like, well, can we talk to an accountant instead of just your dad? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Wanna, like, just yeah, yeah. stay within your bubble. Like, yeah. You have to develop, I think, your brand identity and your targeting and do your research yeah. outside as well mm-hmm. as internally until you get yeah. the experience to have the gut yeah. instinct or to have you know, yeah. the, the clarity. So yeah. yeah, I'm, I mean, you and I could talk about this brand identity <laughs> and targeting as an individual and a brand probably yeah. for far too long, but wow. No, I think it's one of the biggest mistakes I see, you know, marketers make is that assumption that what they see on their timelines, news feeds is what everyone else is seeing as well. Um, and jumping to too many conclusions without really knowing what's out there. Um, and not having the confidence to like, that's again, I just uh, applaud this portion of your approach, this book so much because having somebody from another department or some manager, somebody blow through your office and be like, perfect example. I had this not too long ago, actually, um, in higher ed. Did you see that Facebook was down? Yes. We need to make a post about that. Why? <laughs> we need to post about that because our students are studying way like our students would be able to prevent that and the world needs to know it. Like no, we do not need to align our brand with the world's least trusted brand. And why would you make a post about that today when the news cycle is like a hot mess about it? Like no. Right. Yeah. But I had somebody standing at my door like we need to do this and i was like yeah no we don't yeah like we really actually don't everyone's had that experience if you've been in this space yeah well and i think we have that in our personal life sometimes too Mm -hmm. i think we have people who out of love and care and concern and i want better for you than i ever had or Mm. you know sometimes they are very limited mindset people and they're watching you like pack up with your wife and move to new zealand or so i don't mean they're all like man you know what you're doing (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or you're you're quitting this job for what? You you have yeah. to. I think goes back to that framework and alignment that you talked about first, which is why this is such a good step. Is you have to be like solidly planted and know your value system and know yeah what's important to you. So yeah yeah so good. And then obviously yeah. once you have that brand identity and you figured out who your target is, the content strategy. Yeah. 
Yeah. So yeah, those first two steps are really, you know, what I call the foundation for the the house that you're building. Um, it's not going to be award-winning. It's not going to get you that much attention or recognition. Um, but without it, you know, you're probably not going to get anywhere that you want to get um, with your strategy or with life. Right. <laughs> in um, you know, when I think about, I'm still not a huge, you know, publisher myself um, of my own content to the internet. I think it's one of those things I'm still <laughs> digesting and uh, spoiler <laughs> alert. You just put out the best piece of content yeah, I've well, read. <laughs> yeah. It's content in the big content. C. Yes. Big C content. You're right. Um, little I think C if you're using content. your time to write a book like this, then I don't need yeah. to read your like morning tweet. <laughs> That's well, I appreciate you saying that. Yeah. Um, I will say, I'll be full yeah. transparent, like, because I'm old and this is how we look at the world, but I'm like watching your career and I was like, of course he's doing well. Like, he's working on all this fun content. Like, put me in the race industry and let me do a couple of videos. I'll do what. Not true, by the way. Like, that yeah. was initially my first intent, but I do yeah. think I formed that opinion because I'm just watching you grind and like doing yeah. things I could never do. And I'm like, look at him yeah. go. And because you didn't put out a ton of content, I had you like, you know, in a place in my mind. And then I read this book and I'm like, what, what in the world? Sitting on this the whole time. Then your career makes really good sense to me, by the way. But yeah, no, thanks for saying that. Um, And I can only say that because again, I followed your career because I knew your dad, right? It yes. wasn't that I, I didn't start with like a professional observation of you. So <laughs> I, that's where I'm putting you in that, that box early on. Yeah. Um, that was a backhanded compliment. I didn't mean for it to be. But. No, no, I didn't, didn't hear it. <laughs> okay, good. Um, <laughs> I think when in life, you know, this content strategy is just like, what, what is it that you want to share with others? What is it that you want your kids, your friends, your family to know about you, um, you know, jumping to just thinking only about like outcomes, um, of how you're going to do that. All those sorts of things is a little bit of putting, you know, cart before the horse. And that's why I'm very intentional. And I say in the book often about thinking about content before you think about channels is, you know, you've got to think first about what do I want to say? Why do I want to say it? How do I want to say it? Um, all of those. Because you can't unsay it. <laughs> right. Yes. Which is just, you know, great communication principles mm. anyways, is all of those parts matter um, when it comes to what you want to say to people. Um, the method and the delivery definitely matters too. Um, but all of those parts are again, foundational to, to your message. Oh, for sure. And then the distribution thing I thought so vital because of wanting to be evergreen and stay true to like all of this work that you've done in these first three steps, you can't be on every platform. You can't be everything to everybody. You can't manage it all. I do think when you're young and you think you need to get your message out, same with a brand or yeah. something being mismanaged is you want yeah. to go for that wide distribution, but people don't always realize how thin that yeah. leaves you and your message. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, you talk about, we've joked about TikTok a few times, but obviously it's worth talking about just where it is in culture right now, you know, for myself and probably for you, like, making a TikTok, I've only done it like twice and it was exhausting. I thought (laughs) to make a TikTok (laughs) that had any value to it at all. Yes. Um, you know, I wasn't just, it wasn't a dance video or something. I was trying to explain something in a video, but for someone who's 24, 25 today, maybe it's not an exhausting experience for them to create something. So when you think about the resources that you have as an individual, a brand, a marketing team, you can't be everywhere at all times. Like you said, you have to be focused and intentional about the places you choose to be. And time is obviously a a huge factor there. Um, So many people are one man marketing departments, 
two person nonprofit marketing teams, whatever it might or be. Or freelancing. Like they're or, really not yeah. even part of the organization. Yeah. yeah. There's so many limitations um, in the, in a space that has no limitations, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's no limit to the channels, the amount of content you can publish and all these sorts of things. So again, it's why you have to start with those first three parts to set that intention and those goals that can define where you want to be at with the limited resources that are available to you. Um, I know it's, it's a tough decision-making process for some people. You're always going to have someone walk in the office and say, why don't we have a TikTok or a YouTube channel? Why haven't we posted about this or that? Um, but you can, you can establish what that why is um, and how you got to where you are. So the conversation has flipped into what are you doing to build your own platform gathering email addresses. And that's why, you know, some of these things like discord, for example, have grown in popularity as people make their own audiences. Discord is another platform, but it's not the same as, you know, a Facebook or an Instagram Mm -hmm. Um, and Patreon, these different things where you make your own private membership groups um, have definitely grown a ton in the last few years. And, And these changes with Facebook, Instagram, et cetera, are part of the reason why. So all that to say, that's the first thing that comes to mind. Um, the second thing when you talk about platforms change and they adapt and their algorithm shifts and all these sorts of things, part of why that's scary for a lot of people is they're so focused on what I would call tactics that when the tactic doesn't work anymore, now I don't know what to do. So Facebook changes and video is not as important as it used to be, but I've built my whole strategy on just pushing video constantly. Mm -hmm. Well, rewind, go back through your steps, your strategy document, what are your goals? What's your brand? What kind of content does your audience want? And what are you capable of creating? And then get back to the channel. What works on the channel today? Um, so if something goes away, if Twitter introduces, you know, their clubhouse competitor, whatever it is that there's a new tactic available to you or one that went away, but that's like the tip of the iceberg in what you've built and what you're trying to accomplish. Um, so you can quickly, easily adapt, pivot to do something different, um, to whatever the new norm is for that channel. I think you did a great job in the book too, encouraging people to just try things. Yes. This is a book about strategy. (laughs) I'm giving you seven steps. If you follow them, you'll be successful, but you should also try some things because I do think I'm to the point where I'm reading graduate level work thinking And these are people transitioning to tech and I'm reading their work thinking if you could somehow get this in front of your potential employer, they would hire you tomorrow. And then I think, oh, wait, we totally could. You've already done this work. We could totally get this in front of your potential employer. And so I have given assignments for students to write LinkedIn articles. Mm. And you would think that I was asking for their firstborn. They're just like, I don't (laughs) know what this, this feels very like you know, raw to me. This is, I'm not trying to be an, I'm not trying to be a social media influencer. I'm like, I'm telling you to take work you've already done, reformat it, put it on a LinkedIn article. So it's attached to your professional profile. Like I am not asking. And then I have a couple of people are like, I don't want to put things on LinkedIn. I might start my own website someday. And then they are, you know, working for two weeks, sending me drafts of this article that they've already written to rewrite yeah. it. For, and I'm thinking, okay, you you are not going through this process in a way that screams you want to host your own blog. <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is not you. But I think going yeah. through that, some of them were like, this was so fun. I'm going to keep doing it. And other people mm. were like, that was horrible and awful. And it was vulnerable. And I never want to do that again. But how much, how much wonderful experience that yeah. was to just try. And they only right. did it because they, I said, you have to do this. Here's the great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure like being in charge of someone else's brand or working in an organization where you're like one of the people that only understands this stuff. Do we think about exploration? 
And I think it's so important. I really do. Because it goes back to, if you were involved, if you read this book and you were involved and you made your own strategy, because you do say that in the book a few times, like go back to this strategy document. If you start to like, yeah, Ray, go back to your strategy document, which I think yeah. would be super valuable to like create your own strategy document and then have other people in the organization come and collaborate. Because then, yeah. when the weirdo, you know, executive blows to your office and wants to go viral today because of Peloton, <laughs> you're like, mm, no, no, remember the strategy? Like, you know, I think that's super yeah, important. It's involved, also yeah. on the flip side of that, like, figure out how to just experiment. Yeah. Like, I think that's yeah. still really important, but I think good strategy allows you the confidence to do that. Yeah, for sure. And going back to the the box analogy, you know, once you've defined what the playground is for you, you know, have all the freedom in the world to experiment, to push the boundaries of what that box might be for your brand. Um, I think that's one of the things I I do love specifically about digital social media is that ability to test, to try new things, to get feedback on, did our audience like this? Mm-hmm. How, you know, was this successful based on the goals and everything that we've set for ourselves now? Um, yeah, it's, it's one of the things I honestly do love most about this field is that ability to, to test, adapt, try new things, experiments, make a small tweak here or there and see you know, is this going to bring us you know, the results we want? Well, your wins are bigger wins and your losses are better lessons when it goes back to the intention and the strategy. Yes. Yeah. Like right. the people that get lucky, it's like this, pel- not to like add in like a current event to this conversation, but this Peloton <laughs> thing with sex in the city. And then all of a sudden I'm like, okay, did Ryan Reynolds just create this entire, like how deep is the deep state of the Ryan Reynolds involvement in the Peloton set? Like you're sitting there just thinking how awful on Friday, right? I'm, I'm Friday. Yeah. Like this is just such a PR nightmare for Peloton. And then by Sunday night, I'm like the, it is Ryan Reynolds and Peloton's world. And we just live in it. <laughs> and we don't know the truth, which makes it like yeah. half of the fun. But you yeah. realize, like, this is not poor Peloton. This is, like, superb strategy. And even if, by the way, none of what I think is going on is going on and we just got lucky, <laughs> yeah. then, hey, it, good good yeah. on you for that response. Right. Like, yeah, yeah, I just, I think when it is tied to such good intentionality and good planning and you know it is, you know, again, back to step one, when it is aligned with what you're about, those wins are bigger. Or the lessons mm-hmm. are greater, which is still st- extremely valuable, sometimes more valuable than a good win. Yeah, for sure. Okay, yeah. so evaluation and measurement. Yeah. Super key. I mean, you constantly yeah. have to be, lo- and I think, again, you did such a great job getting us away from the vanity metrics, getting us away from the superficial, yeah. and really yeah. going back. If you've done a good job, steps one through four. You have so much good data now yeah. To, yeah. to do evaluation and measurement. Yeah. Um, and this, again, is one of my favorite parts of this field and where I feel like I've, I don't know, been a little bit different than some people in my career is just an ability to do a great job at observation, evaluation, and measurement. Um, you know, as I, I list out in the book, quite a few different sample goals to say, if your goal is to increase leads, here oh, yeah. are four or five goals that you can think about as being true for yourself with a digital strategy. Um, so yeah, it's, I think again, as also, as I say in the book, as marketers and digital marketers in particular, we're on the run all the time, trying to catch up, trying to get caught up to our content calendar, trying to figure out what our response to Peloton well, not is. Only, we're in the middle of catching up while trying to get ahead of everyone else, yes, which is not a right. pace that or not an outcome anybody's going to yeah, achieve, yeah. but we don't stop. You're trying to figure out if you're going to do the milk crate challenge. Um, all these things are like just constantly coming at you. You're trying to innovate yourself, but you really have to make the time in your schedule to evaluate, to measure, to report, to share results with people. Sometimes, you know, in the agency life, it's mandatory and required and you have to share that information with people. But 
I try to go, you know, deeper myself for clients than just what's owed to them to really try to learn what's happening here. How can we get better? What are we going to do with the next quarter? I got um, trained in this like nobody should. 10 years with Walmart. <laughs> I will tell you what Walmart management oh, yeah. <laughs> is doing on the 27th of December. They are sitting down ordering holiday merchandise for 2023. <laughs> yeah, I'm not yeah. even kidding. Like oh, you, you sit down. The the clearance is still on the shelves, right? It, it is still that you're just exhausted and they send you the correction of errors is what they call it. Like what went well, what but we really want to know what went wrong. So we need to fix it. And here's your order for next year. I mean, who wants to order Halloween costumes <laughs> on November 1st? But that's what you do. And yeah. I, at the time, was like, can I just get a day off and take a nap? But the thing is, <laughs> it's the best time to sit and go over it, which is one thing as we spin this evaluation and like measurement tool around to ourselves. Mm-hmm. The very worst thing that an organization can do to me is hand me a self-evaluation form one time a year. And be like, fill this out and then we'll talk about it. I'm like, oh, no. I mean, I've got folders. I've got like a, you know, boulder folder of things I've done. Well, I've got, you know, things saved in my email. I got artifacts all over the place. But then I, what? <laughs> I'm digging out last year's stuff. And then I finally realized one organization I work for, nobody read it. So I just changed the date every year and I turned it in. <laughs> Just, I mean, we wow. sometimes be through like poor culture and like mismanagement yeah. of us yeah. as professionals, I think really have poor role models and poor execution on the, uh, the evaluation and measurement part of things. Yes. And it's a crucial step. Yes. It is such a crucial step. Yeah. I think, you know, again, spending it to personal life there's not enough time built into our lives and schedules for reflection in general. Again, it's always a moving forward. What's next. And I'm guilty as much as anybody in that, (laughs) that space. But I think some of the, I don't know, best um, self-knowledge times have been reflection times as well. Mm -hmm. Just take a break during the month, during the week. What happened today? (laughs) What happened this past week? (laughs) What do I need to, you know, dwell more on, dwell less on, um, improve for the coming week, I think is, is huge. I think that's kind of what the pandemic did though. Yeah. Like, that helped people like yeah. get intentional. Like there wasn't a separation where we needed it and they had to be more intentional about like, okay, I need yeah. to like focus on personal or focus on professional. I think that helped tremendously yeah. during that. But that is the one struggle I have with graduate students because I will tell you, these are a bunch of overachievers that come to grad school <laughs> sure, and yeah. they're like, um, do you have a rubric for this? And I'm like, no, <laughs> this is a reflective. You're going to read this book and reflect, but I don't know how many words you want it. Do you want 12.5? I'm like, hey, this is a reflective, like for the most part of society, bad at relaxing. Yeah. Bad at, bad at all of that. Um, and I think that's what we really need to do. And that's why I tell people like, put it on your calendar if you need to, but you're going right. to have to reflect. Yes. And then step six, find new ideas, find ideas. Again, how much better, more enriching your search will be after you've been living right. these five steps. This yeah. is a perfect time yeah. because you're now you really, truly have worked this strategy through and yeah. you know these things. A lot of some of where this whole process came from is a lot of times in agency life, you know, you're the digital or social or, you know, intelligent person in the office (laughs) and people are come to you a lot and just say we need an idea for this client for this event whatever it might be and you do your best to say okay what are they hoping to accomplish what do we know about their brand and their targets Mm -hmm. and a lot of times those are incomplete you know answers or access to information you have when you're in an agency setting um but the more of that information you can get, the better ideas that you're going to be able to come up with. I think that that is so true. But like figuring out what's the next big thing? Where do I go from here? I don't know what to do next. You know, the yeah. of that, again, is strengthened once you know that you didn't just get lucky. Yeah. Right. right. Like, yeah. you know, Oprah said a long, my 90s Oprah, who I love so much, said a long time ago, like, <laughs> there's no such thing as luck. It's just preparation meeting opportunity. 
And I think that once you have a modicum of success at anything, if you realize that you earned that, like you planned that, you executed it, you did it, and you made the tweaks and adjustments where you need to, you owned that and you can go do that again. Super empowering. For sure. I think one of the pitfalls that you started to go down is like this idea that you want, you want your work to be seen. You want to hit the home run every time. Um, you want to get the award, you know, whatever it might be, but you know, people that are getting, hitting a single a hundred times a year versus person that hits a home run once a year are are creating more impact. And that's part of what I think the strategy framework helps somebody to do and to understand is if you're doing great work, informed, um, intentional work on a regular basis, you're, you're doing a better job than the Ryan Reynolds Peloton <laughs> is doing. Um, <laughs> it's not going to make the news. It's not going to make ad week, you know, for whatever it might be, right. but you're doing a better job um, than <laughs> some ads out there. Right. <laughs> well, get more look, hype. look how prepared you are to help on a more universal level than just like Peloton. Right. I mean, yes. Right. Yeah, there's there's <laughs> more more longevity in doing things the right way than having like the highlight reel that one day yeah. on the, on Sports Center and being done. So, yeah, again, so applicable. Yeah. I hope I don't know what you're planning for a next book, but you put it in print <laughs> that this is your first book. So I'm gonna tell you, the world needs yeah. more of this in some Set way, shape, bar. or form. So good, so yeah. good. Well, it doesn't you. surprise me that I threw you a complete curveball today and you just ran with it too. Cause again, <laughs> it means you knew what you were talking about. Yeah. I appreciate it. Thank you. Clearly Ryan and I could talk for a long time, but I hope you enjoyed this snippet of our conversation around the digital strategy book that he has written and how you can apply that to your journey, your, your personal journey and your professional journey just strategy, having a strategy, having a plan, valuing yourself and your um, place in the world enough to take the time and do each of those seven steps. Just incredibly valuable. I really do appreciate Ryan for reaching out to me and saying, hey, would you consider having me on my on your podcast? Because we had an amazing conversation with a lot of bridges back and forth. I know if you're not in the digital marketing or social media space, that was maybe a little, you know, granular for you at times, but hopefully you were able to see some parallels about how important this work is that I'm trying to get you to do around yourself and taking time and showing grace and working towards a better understanding of yourself to find your place in this world. All of Ryan's information in terms of the book and his website are located in the show notes. And please go out and have a wonderful week. Thank you for listening. (music) 